Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Over the Line, back with you yet again, very excited to be here. Uh, for me, I'm taking my first day off work in like six months, it's been a long time, and I almost didn't do the show, but I was like, man, I got to. I'll feel guilty all day if I don't. Y'all, that's the thing I want y'all to know is when there's a day that goes by and I don't do the show, it haunts me all day. I feel like I need to get this information out to you guys. So that's what we're going to do. Before we get started, let me remind you about my good buddies at Vapor Forge over on 280. That's right. They are making it happen for a lot of you guys. As I said yesterday, some of you guys have already gone over there and said, hey, I heard it on over the line. What do you guys got? Some of y'all are smokers looking to get off the cigarettes and whatever else. What, whatever your reason is, just go over there. Tell them where you heard it. Say Andrew McLean from Over the Line sent me over here. And uh, I just want to check y'all out. They got the best selection anywhere on the planet. You're not going to be able to find anything better than this. Over by Bailey Brothers on 280, 4673 Highway 280 East. I think there's a Wendy's over there. There's a couple restaurants and stuff too. it's super easy to find if you're in this area if you're not just go to their website check it out and uh see what they got i, I don't know if they um ship to you guys that are out of the area or what but uh it's worth a shot i need to ask them about that 205-874-9010 874-9010 again that's over by bailey brothers on 280 so uh give them a shout tell them what's up What's up? Heard you on that podcast. We'll see what y'all are about. Okay. A lot of stuff going on right now. And that's the main reason I I wanted to get on here and kind of sort through some of this stuff. Now, off the top, yesterday, Donald Trump held a speech. And there's so much disinformation out there right now. And it's a mixture of things. I think I brought this up yesterday. Um, A mixture of people that are genuinely concerned and they're latching on to anything and everything they see. Uh, There are people out there that are deliberately putting out disinformation in order to stir the pot and cause division. There's also foreign actors, whether that's foreign governments or people tied to governments that are putting disinformation out there. Because you got to understand that the internet is the world wide web. Everybody's got access to it. So, Somebody from Russia could post something, and we here in Alabama immediately see it. That's a lot of what happened in 2016. I think during the 2018 elections, and even here in 2020, at the last election, a lot of disinformation because foreign countries love this kind of stuff. They love the division and the confusion among our people. It's it's something that they don't have to worry about in their country, but they love to take advantage of it in this country. See, they 100% control the narrative in their country, so they don't have to worry about people learning stuff on their own. They only get to learn what the government lets them learn. We, on the other hand, we get to look through anything and everything. That comes with its downsides. And we're seeing a lot of that, whether it's martial law or insurrection act. I mean, I... Y'all send me, and this is not a shot at you guys. I mean, you send me whatever you want. That's perfectly fine. And I can't respond to all of you to say, hey, this is true or this is not true. But so many videos out there of tomorrow, it's hitting the fan. 
We're we're going into martial law. Pull all your money out of the bank. Stop stock up on food, whatever. And now that stuff's fine. I want you to stock up in the event that something goes down. But a lot of this stuff is just way out there, and and not even remotely based in reality. Not saying these people don't have people in the know that are telling them X, Y, and Z. But I'm just telling you this stuff is ten. It's not coming to fruition. We've been going through it for months and months and. We just keep ending up in the same spot. But yesterday, and maybe this is this is really the first time I've seen this, and maybe this will give you guys a little clarity on where we're headed. Um, the president gave a speech at the border, in front of the border wall, and was really just using that time to talk about the accomplishments in general but mainly there at the border with the border wall and how important it is that it stays there for america's safety on a lot of different fronts whether it's drugs or human trafficking or foreign terrorism you know it's just and it's common sense and and i don't know that democrats will be gung-ho once they gain complete power to take it down either they they weren't opposed to it because they didn't think it would make us safe and they thought it was racist they were opposed to it because donald trump was the one that put it up and it's basically a monument to always remind them that donald trump at one time was their president but he used that speech to talk about that kind of stuff and he even mentioned he said hopefully for the safety of this country the next administration is not going to attempt to take this wall down and that was really what I felt was the first clear acknowledgement that he will be exiting the White House on January 20th. I hope that brings some clarity to a lot of people to where we need to start focusing on fighting the left in the sense of legislation and what we allow them to do to fundamentally change this country and also a step to move forward in the sense of taking names of members of the GOP that refuse to stand not with Trump but what's right because this is much larger than Trump at this point I love Trump more than the next guy I'm telling you but right now it's about the country Once we get to 2024, it can be about Trump. And and I think this has really turned into Trump's party. But this is about America as a whole. And I think Donald Trump would probably say the same thing. And that's where we need to move. Make sure we're keeping up with these people. Make sure we know who is and isn't standing with their constituents. And keeping a close eye on the Democrats. Because as of right now... They are running through a second impeachment attempt of the president. It is January 13th, 2021. The president is out of here in six and a half days. And the Democrats are attempting to impeach this guy. I'm not sure if the hearings have started. I'm going to look real quick to see 
I don't see anything on it just yet. I haven't I haven't gone in and looked to see when this stuff starts. Uh watch live, blah blah blah, blah 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 blah, live now. US Global News. Let's see what this says. Okay. So here's something. Let's just take a gander at this real quick. Um, let me fix this. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Okay. On agreeing to the resolution, House Resolution 41, it seems, and I assume this is on impeachment. Democrats 221 yay, Republicans 203 nay, that seems to be right down party lines. You had one no vote on the Democrat side, eight no votes on the Republican side. Uh, I don't see this thing passing, but here's what's concerning, it should be concerning to a lot of people. And that is Republicans that are breaking at this point and going with impeaching the president now if you move over here and you look at the cnn article it's titled what to watch uh, at wednesday's impeachment vote a week after the mob stormed the u.s capitol leaving staff members cowering in their offices in the chambers and waiting out the siege and secure locations the house will vote for the first time in history to impeach a sitting president twice let me make this point real quick. The, the House members or the members of Congress that have spent the time between when that happened and now playing the ultimate victim card is really laughable. Because we're talking about people with some of the best security on the planet that are in a giant building filled with even more security in a building that has escape routes and escape tunnels that only they know about that they can easily get away from any sort of attack and be completely safe, they're preaching to us that we should feel sorry for them. And as AOC is saying right now, how they almost died. They almost died. Okay? Now, we're not talking about a crowd of thousands of people that stormed the Capitol with firearms. We're just talking about a crowd of people that may have had some lead pipes and some bricks and a crowd that never even made it to any of these congressional members. And don't get me wrong. The storming of the Capitol was wrong. It was very wrong. And everybody involved should be prosecuted to the fullest, whether they are a Trump supporter, a QAnon person, or an Antifa person. But for these guys to play like they were in some, like their life was this close to being ended is really laughable. It is. They've got every way. Compare what these guys have as far as staying safe to the people of Kenosha, Wisconsin, to the people of Milwaukee, to the people of Ferguson, Missouri, or Baltimore. Or any of these people that are in cities that have been burnt to the ground over the past four years who have lost their businesses, uh, 
have lost their livelihoods, their homes, or have even been killed. What do you think they think about AOC saying, we almost died? I don't care. Because guess what? When the attack came to their doorstep, they didn't have secret tunnels. They didn't have Secret Service protection. They didn't have the National Guard protecting them, their property, their families, and their lives. And they were just screwed. What do you think they feel about that? Because guess what? These people in Congress, they didn't say nothing about them. When their lives were in jeopardy, not only did they not support those people or show sympathy for those people, they supported the people that actually committed the attack on them. The protesters, the rioters, that's who they supported. It's mostly peaceful protest. And it, it's, it's more than just supporting the people that committed these acts against innocent people in these cities. They didn't just support them after the fact. They went as far as encouraging them to commit these acts. Literally. They, they encouraged them to commit these violence, this violence. We've seen it time and time again. Greg Kelly on, on Newsmax posted a, a collage of, of Democrat lawmakers calling for this violence. And even, even, here's the irony, calling for violence against the people on Capitol Hill. The, things that, the thing that they're talking about is so off-limits. This is the worst thing to happen in American history, even worse than 9-11. This attack on the Capitol... They've been calling for that on Republican members of Congress for four years. Greg Kelly did a good job of pointing that out. Take a look at this. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. Even in states where Donald Trump won big, that it does you any good running away from Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. You're in the arena, you gotta be ready to take a punch. You gotta be ready to throw a punch. That's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. People do want to see us be stronger and more forceful and to confront them on these policies. Michelle Wood says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. We'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can, in the Congress, in the courts, and in the streets and protests. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Now, imagine Donald Trump calling for people to get in the face of Democrat lawmakers. To get in the face of these Democrat lawmakers, tell them they're not welcome at whatever place they happen to be at at that time. Or telling them to go to the Capitol and get in these people's face. Get angry with them. That's what we've been listening to for four years. But the moment Donald Trump tells a large crowd 
to march to the Capitol, and I quote, peacefully and patriotically, he's the worst thing to ever happen to this country and a threat to everybody on Capitol Hill. Right. Now, if there's any of you guys that are on the other side of the aisle, you're Trump hater, you're conservative hater, whatever, just think about that. Think about what you just watched. Being the person that is, that's listened to that type of rhetoric for four years, have watched your party, your party's members, be harassed and shoved and almost attacked over the course of four years at the direction of these people and try to understand why people aren't taking your attacks and your impeachment seriously. We don't take anything seriously, you guys say. Just like the media making a big deal about this storming of the Capitol. We condemn it. We think it's wrong. We think everybody should be prosecuted that was involved. But we've seen much, much worse. For four years, we have seen much, much worse. We've even watched our congressional members in the GOP who were out playing baseball, practicing for a, a congressional baseball game, get shot down on a baseball field by a self-proclaimed Bernie supporter. We haven't seen that happen to any Democrats. And God willing, we never will. But tell me why we should be up in arms when that's what we've dealt with for four years. Any rational human being that you can think of that would be like, well, I know I've been treated like we're we're not. We're not the female that's going to stay in an abusive relationship. No, we're not. You've beaten us and beaten us and beaten us down. We're not joining your side. We're not condemning Donald Trump. One, because he didn't do anything wrong. But two, is because you're the enemy. You're the ones that have been calling for violence for years. This is why I love Andrew Breitbart so much. Andrew Breitbart was tragically killed... He didn't pass away. He was killed in 2012. And uh, in a very nefarious way. Which is yet to be discovered or prosecuted, if you will. And we know something shady was going on. Because the guy that did his autopsy that was about to announce uh, what actually happened to him. Which was likely not just a heart attack in the middle of the day of a healthy guy. He died as well. But that's that's another story. Maybe we'll do an Andrew Breitbart story one day. But this guy, years ago, was telling us this day was coming. That this day would eventually get here. And he said, you've got to declare war on these people. Because if you don't, you're going to be in a war anyway. And you're not going to be ready. Now, war doesn't mean violence, doesn't mean getting on a battlefield and shooting it out with people. 
but it means a lot of things. Information war. Pointing out the hypocrisy. Fighting back against the things that they're throwing at you. That's what we're in the middle of. And Democrats are currently winning. They've been able to steal an election. Really, twice, they were able, after the 2020 election, to be able to adjust so they didn't get busted in Georgia when they had two Senate runoff races. There should be an entire investigation over the two Senate runoff races in Georgia just because of what we've seen in 2020 and nothing changed. But because people stormed the Capitol, the Georgia runoff races went under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. And it's just in the history books at this point. And it was one of the biggest runoff races congressional races that we've seen in a long time but everybody just looked the other way it's what gave the democrats full and complete power and the gop they're at fault for not fighting back against that there's like oh well it's like they wanted to be in the minority which i firmly believe is the truth these guys wanted to be in the minority they wanted to be able to to take all the problems, all the bad things that are going on, whether they committed them or not, and place blame on those in the majority. Because that's the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest, it's the easy way out. If you're in the minority, you don't have to take credit for anything. You don't have to take responsibility for anything. You just blame it on the other side. It's what they wanted. So why Fox News went the route they did so early on election night. They wanted to get back on offense. They were tired of playing defense for four years. Defending the president, defending American values. They wanted to get back to the nostalgia of the Obama years. Where they got to attack the president all the time. That's what they wanted. Maybe they were tired and they felt like it was too hard to defend Donald Trump. Tough. You can cut out for it. Sorry. But that's where we're at. And now you've got Republicans on Capitol Hill that are signing on to impeach the to impeach the president on this second impeachment attempt. Going on in the CNN article, this time around, a handful of Republicans will be with them as the GOP reckons with its future, the man they allowed to lead their party and whether it is too late to detangle themselves and allow and, and and their voters from his legacy. There are now five Republicans who have come out publicly for impeachment. There may be a few more in the hours ahead. That's not many. It's not even close to overwhelming, but it sends a message that at least some in the Republican Party believe leaving President Donald Trump in power in his warning, I mean in his waning days in office would be a mistake. Six and a half days, y'all. He's got six and a half days left. You know Trump supporters are angry. You've seen what happens, and yet you still move forward to divide the country even further. Now you ask, who are these five Republicans? 
I know a couple of them, but let's just see. Representative Adam Kinziger from Illinois. Liz Cheney from Wyoming. John Kanko of New York. Fred Upton of Michigan. And Jamie Butler of Washington. Those are the five Republicans currently. And I haven't seen any more names besides those five, but let them have it. We don't need you in this party. Join the Democrat Party. We're sick of it. We're sick of Republicans like this. That's why Donald Trump got elected. We said it time and time and time again. Democrats are saying, well, all the Republicans would be voting for impeachment, but they're scared of the backlash of their voters. Well, if you're not up there to do the bidding of your voters, what are you doing up there? It's not about you. It's not about what you feel is the right thing to do. It's about representing your people. And that's what's lost on these people. They're like, oh, they voted for me because they believe that I'll do the right thing. No, they voted for you because they believe you'll do what they tell you to do. That's your job. Your job is not to go up there and make your own judgment calls. Your job is to go up there and represent the people that voted for you. Doing your own thing is not representing anybody but yourself. But people in Congress, they don't know that. They forgot about that. But that's not all. That's not even close to the end of it. As social media silences Donald Trump across the board as he's exiting office, they want to wipe him from the face of the internet. They want to wipe him from the history books. There will be an attempt in the future, and you can go ahead and mark my words, to wipe Donald Trump from the history books. You know the left is big on erasing history, right? They have no problem with that whatsoever. They will attempt in the future to make 2016 to 2020 nothing more than a period of time where we had to deal with a pandemic. They'll want to erase Donald Trump. They'll want to get rid of that part of this country's history. They're doing it already. He hasn't even left office, and they're trying to erase Donald Trump. Even, even in, uh, let's see if I can find this. Even in the public square, they're trying to get rid of Donald Trump. Bill de Blasio was on uh, Morning Joe, I think this morning, and... He's talking about how New York City is going to be severing all contracts with the Trump Organization. Now, I'm sure the Trump Organization doesn't care because, as Trump has already noted, hey, I'm getting out of New York, I'm moving to Florida because this place is a cesspool. I don't want anything to do with New York. But he's still got a lot of business dealings there. Now, Bill de Blasio, whether this is breaking contracts or not legal or illegal, the courts will have to, you know, sort that out. 
Eric Trump has already come out and said, hey, the New York City is, is going to owe us $30 million if they end these contracts. That'll get figured out in the courts. But this is the first attempts to wipe Trump from anything and everything. It's not just going to be the history books. It's just going to be society in general. They want Trump gone. They, they want him to leave the country. If they can get him out of this country, I'm sure they would be satisfied. But their end game is to wipe him out altogether. Here's that clip from Morning Joe this morning with uh, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. Mika, uh, here to announce that the city of New York is severing all contracts with the Trump Organization. Our legal team has done an assessment, and the contracts make very clear uh, if a company, the leadership of that company, is engaged in criminal activity, we have the right to sever the contract. Uh, inciting an insurrection, let's be wow. clear, I'm going to say these words again, inciting an insurrection against the United States government clearly constitutes criminal activity. Remember the terminology. Democrats, liberals are all about playing on words. Inciting an insurrection. Is, that will be a coined term by the left that they will attempt to tag the president with for the history books if he's allowed to remain there. He will be known as the president that incited an insurrection. The guy incited an insurrection. Sounds like something out of a movie. The last time the Capitol was attacked was by the British until Trump came along and incited an insurrection. So the city of New York will no longer have anything to do with the Trump organization. Uh, they have profited from these contracts. They will profit no longer. So uh, tell us about these contracts that uh, you're cutting right now. What, what's the magnitude of these contracts? What do they cover? And um, what will it take to actually execute what you are saying right now? Right now, the Trump Organization profits about $17 million a year from these contracts. They cover four uh, different sites, uh, three in Manhattan, one in the Bronx, uh, different entertainment sites. And uh, look, it's quite clear. Uh, the President of the United States directed a mob to attack the U.S. Congress uh, during the Electoral College vote. That's, that's, I mean, I, you know, even saying the words, Mika, it's, right. it's almost impossible to believe, but it's criminal activity. And so it's very clear. I mean, the lawyers looked at it, it was just as clear as a bell. Uh, that's grounds for severing these contracts, and we're moving to do that right away. It's clear as a bell that he incited a riot, and my lawyer said so. Good luck, guy. Good luck with that. But that's not all, guys. That is not it. There have been three, count them, one, two, three banks that have decided to cut ties with the president. Now, these are very important aspects of, of Donald Trump's life outside of politics. He makes his money through real estate. He has to deal with banks. You know, there's a lot of money flowing. Three banks thus far have said, we are no longer going to do, pres do, do business with the president because he incited a riot. These three banks, just so you know, in case any of you guys are currently doing business, 
with these people. You've got the New York-based bank, Signature Bank. You've got Deutsche Bank that have has decided to cut ties, which is ironic. Deutsche Bank was the bank that was doing business with Jeffrey Epstein. But yeah, Donald Trump's got to go. But this one, the third bank, is a Florida-based bank called Professional Bank. And they have, quote, decided not to engage in any further business with the Trump Organization and its, its affiliates and will be winding down the relationship. Now, this is more because we know money talks, okay? Money, money talks more than politics in the private sector. So in a normal world, these banks would be like, eh, it's all politics. We're just, you know, whatever. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're here to make money. We're not here to play politics. But we're living in a different world in 2020 where Democrats were able to steal multiple elections and gain complete power. So not only are congressional Republicans being caught in the hallway and backed into a corner and threatened by Democrats who are saying, you better vote for this impeachment. You better denounce Trump because we run this now. We will make your life miserable for the next two, four, six years if you don't do what we say because we run this. It's not only in the halls of Congress. Democrats are doing that in the private sector. They're going to these banks. They're going to these organizations and they're saying, hey, we now hold the power. We are now able to pass whatever legislation we want that can help or can harm you. We can pass laws. We can do whatever we want to do. Regulations, laws, whatever. That can help you. We can pass regulations that can hurt you. So you need to decide, are you with us or are you with Donald Trump? And these banks are like, well, whatever we got to do. Our country is being held hostage. There is a ransom being put out in government and in the private sector. And it should scare the ever-loving crap out of each and every one of you. That's the next two years of your life. The next two years... This country will be held hostage. And there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Except resist. That's it for today's show. We'll be back with a new one. Brand new show tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast platforms. Share this with your people. And until next time, see you, cuz.